Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. Next week is the second double Parsha in a row. We had we had Tazria Matzora today, and then next week, Achrei Mod Kadoshim. And I wanted to focus on a two-verse uh, section of Parsha Kadoshim, but mostly on the first of the two verses. And I'm going to start out by saying that people rarely like to be reprimanded. <laughs> um, under almost all circumstances, right? It happens so often, and yet we still don't like it, right? I think there are people who like to present themselves as if they don't mind reprimand. And I think there are people who are good at, at receiving reprimand. And I think there are people who are good at giving reprimand. I'm not sure there are a whole lot of people who actually like it. I think they might uh, find a way to stay grounded and stay humble when receiving it. But it's not an easy thing either to receive the news that you're not acting as you should be acting. And I think it's not an easy thing to tell someone that they're not acting as they should be acting. And yet, as we're going to see in a second, it happens to be, hey, Tom, it happens to be a core Jewish idea, but probably not in the way it's usually done. Meaning usually the way reprimand is done in the Jewish tradition, in, the, in, a, in like a, in a, in a, in like a shul community, hi, Sean, um, is, is, is less than what the Torah had in mind. But let, let's start with it. There are more sheets up here. I'll put them on the table. One second. We went from no minion to standing room only. We're going to have to, we're going to be turning people away at the door. Okay. So Vayikra, for those who just came in, we're, we're starting the learning now, and then we'll pause for Mincha because we didn't have a minion for to start Mincha, and then we'll go back to the learning. Vayikra Yotet Pasuk Yudzayan. I want you to read this verse. I'm going to help you with it in the Hebrew. And... Try to understand the pshat of the pshat, meaning without thinking wild theories, just deep in, 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 in your understanding of the words, what is the main information, the main learning that this verse in the Torah is asking us to live by? Okay. Uh, for some reason, the Hebrew came out strangely uh, in the first quote, um, so there's some pauses where there shouldn't be pauses. Lo tisna et achicha bilvavecha. The word tisna means hate. Do not hate. Et achicha, your, your brother, your fellow. So it's masculine here, but I, th I don't think it means specifically a brother. I think it means um, a, a fellow sojourner in your community. Bil vavecha, in your, in your heart. Okay. Lo tisna et achicha bil vavecha. That's phrase one. Hocheach tochiach et amitecha. You have a verb doubled. When a verb is doubled like that, hocheach tochiach, like the second paragraph of the Shema, im shamoa tishma. You know, sometimes you'll see it translated in Old English translations as verily, right? It's an emphasis, right? And you shall certainly hocheach your amit, right? Hocheach is related to the word tochacha, which means a rebuke or a, um, a recrimination. You might be aware that there are two parashot of the year, parashat b'chukotai and parashat kitavo, where the laner reads the verses very quickly and very soft because we're reading that the God is, is, is rebuking the Israelites for all the sins they're going to do in the land of Israel. That's called the tochacha, right? From this verb, hocheach, tochiach, amitecha. Amitecha is similar to amcha. You shall verily rebuke a member of your nation, okay? And then... Velo tisa alav chet. Vavs in the Torah 
are pluripotent. They can mean and, they can also mean but, they can also mean rather. And it's unclear if this should be translated as rebuke your fellow and kind of an implied therefore don't bear any guilt on that person's account. Or it might be understood as a but. Rebuke your fellow, but don't bear any sin on his or her account. Lo tisa don't carry upon that person a sin. Okay, there are three sub-clauses of this verse. They may just go A, B, C. They may go A, B, semicolon, C. We don't know if the C is a, um, a, a, a doubling down of what you're not supposed to do, or is it somehow um, the, the result of doing B the wrong way? Let me ask you in the room, we should actually have a microphone going around. What do you think is the main information that should be uh, understood from this verse? If you're speaking, speak into the mic. Who wants to, who's speaking first? Who's got a thought? Everyone is put to sleep by the tuna fish. But that, okay, I'll, I'll repeat it, Sandra, yeah. That rebuking your fellow somehow is related to not hating your brother. Okay, so the first thing Sandra said is maybe this is not just a random list, maybe this is all of a theme. That somehow you might think the opposite, that rebuking someone is an expression of hate, right? If you if you if you yell at someone in, in common parlance, that means that you, you don't have a high feeling about the person. But maybe by the Torah's linking together part A and part B of the sweet part verse. Don't hate your brother. One of the ways in which you show non-hatred towards your brother is putting him or her back on the right track, right? Don't feel so heavy about offering rebuke. It's an expression of the opposite of hate. And you, what is another word for uh, articulating the opposite of hate? Love, right? Like It might even be the Torah's way of saying, how is it? Instead of saying, I, I, I don't hold hatred in my heart and therefore I'm just not gonna get involved. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell the person doing wrong. I don't, since I don't have hatred in my heart for you, I need to tell you you're doing something wrong. That's my way of expressing to you that I don't hate you. If I hated you, I would let you continue in your wayward ways, but I don't hate you. Interesting possibility. What else do you tease out of this? Marshall? Um, at the end of the sentence, I don't know what the word Allah means or to what it refers. Does it refer to the first part? Or does it refer to Yeah, the alav is an interesting word. It's a preposition, a male singular preposition. It seems to be related to this verb lotisa, do not bear something like on that person's account. That's how it's normally tra uh, tra translated. That don't carry hate, don't carry sin because of that person. Is it because of, of what that person does, right? You might say, this is why some people translate it as an and, rebuke your fellow so that the person doesn't sin and you're carrying the responsibility because you could have stopped the sinning, right? Rebuke them, and therefore, you're not going to be responsible for that person's sin. But it can also be understood as a but. Yes, rebuke that person, but don't, don't let somehow the rebuke end up on your shoulders as that person's sin. And we'll look at some of the commentaries in a second. Irv or yeah, Marshall? Um, I, I saw Rabbi Tarfon saying um, a very what what I agree with. I would be surprised as anyone in this generation who can receive rebuke. And Are my you case, jumping ahead again? 
Did are I you do ju- that? Are you jumping ahead? Did well, I give I you read, permission for that? No, actually, I, it's it's beshant that I would find that because the second best-selling book after the Bible is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this really struck me. What, right in the beginning is criticism never works because the person, you know, it doesn't work. Right. They don't, it does, they don't reform. All they do is get pissed off. And so I, me and Rabbi Tarfon and, uh, and uh, the Bible are now in sync. Thank so you, Rabbi. We're going to get to Rabbi Tarfo in a second. At face value, it seems a, a common, uncomplicated obligation the Torah is putting upon us to not hold hatred in our heart for people that we love, to rebuke them if they're doing something wrong, and somehow spare ourselves from holding their sin. Michelle, can you give Michelle the mic- microphone? Well, I, I think what it's saying is that one way to not hate your brother is to rebuke them when you see them doing something wrong. Otherwise, you just carry around, you're mad and you're pissed off. But if you rebuke them, at least you vented and you've told them what you think. Correct. There's a scene, I grew up in the 80s, and so I grew up on all the John Hughes movies. There's a scene in Breakfast Club where the, the character played by Ali Sheedy Right, they're all going about about all the things their parents do to them. Right, you know, so the character played by um, Judd Hirsch, like you know, he beats them up and he burns them, whatever. And Ali Sheedy is a very odd character, and they say, you know, what did your parents do to you, right? And like, you know, they hurt you, no, they yell at you. I'm not getting the exact language. And she says in a very emotional way, they ignore me, right? Like as if the worst thing you could do is not to be on someone's back and tell them doing something wrong. But to evince no care whatsoever, right? If you if you if you're not if you're not rebuking, it means you have no care about what that person does or doesn't do in his or her life. Yes, Marshall. When I said that I didn't understand the word "alav," I'm trying to look at the the way the sentence is put together. That after the word "bilvavecha," there's a an edachta, which is a pausal form. But then we have which it seems to me is like one a second part of the the whole thing and i thought maybe that the word alav really referred to maases shel hochacha an act of hochacha mm-hmm. that don't that in the act of giving rebuke don't bear guilt yeah yeah that's... so we're going to see a commentary in a bit that gets close to that let's look at the talmud for a second was your hand up oh no, tom the uh, time to get the microphone to you but Thank you. I was going to say I have a question, but not an answer about why it's a uh, bill of avvecha. Why? Why is it in your heart? Don't hate your um, brother in your heart. I mean, you could have the sentence without the heart. Correct. And and so, what is? How does that change it? Perfect segue. As if you wrote (laughs) Masachet Arachin. Now we're looking at a piece of Talmud from Masachet Arachin. I'll tell you something very interesting. However much you all know about the Talmud, you know it's a very, 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 very long book. I did a text study this morning on Parshat Tazria Matsora, and in putting together the text, I came across you know medieval sources, Talmudic sources, and I pulled a source that happened to be from Masachet Arachin. On the same side of the same page as this, on totally different topics. So I will be teaching from Masachet Arachin, page 16b, twice in one day, on two different parshas, on two different topics. Okay, um, Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught. That's a technical term in the Talmud saying that the um, the, the, the rabbis are, are invoking a source from the Tanaitic period, from the early rabbinic period, but it, a period that was a text that did not appear in the Mishnah. Lo tisna et achicha. Bilvavecha. 
what does it mean to say you shall not hate your fellow in your heart? Asking, well, it'll be clear that they're asking the same question Tom asked. Yachol lo yakenu. Yachol is a technical term. Yachol literally means able to, but what the Tom means yachol is, could it me, could it be, could we possibly understand this verse to mean that you are not supposed to hit the person? Lo yastirenu. Or could it mean that we're not supposed to hit the slap the person? Could it mean that you're not supposed to? It's hard to translate this. Likalkel means to ruin, some kind of like a, a, a physical ruining of the person. Meaning, am I supposed to understand that the only thing that I'm adjured not to do by this verse is not to express hatred? Because you can imagine that, right? Don't express hatred to a friend. But what is it? So, so meaning, and how would you express hatred by being physical, by hurting them, by um, by being mean to them? And the Talmud says, Talmud Lomar, the verse says, "Bil vavecha in your heart, The Torah is saying that is he okay? Michelle's here, right? Yeah. No, it's fine. I just want to make sure it's okay. I'm not asking you to leave. I'm just making sure it's okay. Okay, um, so the Talmud's answer is that the, the word bilvavecha makes this a harsher or a more, um, um, what's the word, a more stringent mitzvah. It's one thing to say, don't hit someone hatefully. All right, so I hate the person, I'm not going to act on it. No, bilvavecha. You're not even allowed to hold hatred in your heart. It is one of the very few places in Talmudic understanding of law that you can sin without an act, right? In the same way, there are a few places where you can do a mitzvah without an act, right? Via hafta et Adonai lohecha, right? Love the Lord your God. What's the act of love? Well, the, some people say that the rest of the hafta tells you the act of love is putting on tefillin. The act of love is kissing the mezuzah. But the notion of commanding um, a feeling is an interesting thing because it's hard to legislate a feeling. Here, it's legislating not to have a feeling. Right, right. Don't don't think of pink elephants. Don't hate your brother. Very hard to do. I would like to think that most of us, most of the time, are pretty good at not acting hatefully. Most of us fail every day, at, in some way, in the obligation to not feel hatred. Very hard to do. Okay, look at the next source, and I think after the next source, we'll pause for mincha because I don't want to miss the opportunity to do mincha. Uh, this is just later on in uh, on that page. By the way, this is a very Talmudic way of understanding it. They're trying to make sense of each phrase and subphrase so that nothing goes to waste, right? Every phrase meant something in determining what the law was. How do we know that if you see in your friend something unseemly, it doesn't mean that they, they, they like something physical unseemly, like they're doing something or they're saying something that shouldn't be said, that you are obligated to rebuke that person, Shinamar, from our verse. It says, Hocheach Tochiach, you shall verily rebuke them. Hochicho Velokibel. Let's say I told the person, stop doing that. And they didn't even, they didn't listen, they didn't pay, pay attention. How do I know that I'm supposed to come back and do it again? Talmud Lomar, because the verse says, Tochiach. If the verse had just said, Hocheach, rebuke your fellow, I would have said the obligation is do it once and you've absolved yourself. But because it's that word verily I used before, because it says, Hocheach, Tochiach, 
if I, if, if I notice that Eric is doing something wrong, he never does anything wrong. And I tell him he's doing something wrong and he, and he doesn't pay attention. I have a religious obligation to tell him at least one more time because the Torah says to me, hocheach, tocheach. don't stop at hocheach. You have to try it a second time. Mikol makol in every situation. Yachol afilu mishtanim panav. Very interesting phrase. And I'm, I, I translated it directly without telling you what I think the phrase means because I want to see if you can figure it out. Does, is it possible that I'm supposed to keep going and rebuking him and rebuking him and rebuking him even though he's not receiving until the point mishtanim panav, that his face changes? What does that mean? What do you think it means that should I keep rebuking the person until their face changes? Don't think so. Humiliate, right? So if the, if the, if the second, if the doubling of hocheach tochiach means I can't get away with just telling someone they did something wrong once, but keep doing it, do I keep, keep doing it? Do I keep, keep, keep doing it? If they get red in the face, if they, if they're still not changing, but they're being humiliated, this is where the end of the verse comes in. Talmud Loma, the verse tells you, lo tisa alav Don't bear guilt for the way in which you rebuked him. That's different than don't bear guilt by not rebuking him. Yes, you're obligated to rebuke the person, but if in the process of rebuking the person, you become the ugly thing, you become the unseemly thing, you have switched roles and you are the sinner. That always happens, but also look at the very last sentence that you wrote. Do not bear sin because of him. So it's not rebuking someone because you, you know, on a minor you know, it's a major thing you're, you're rebuking him for, yeah. right? Yes. Do not bear sin. No, but there you, but this Talmud source herb is using this word sin in the other direction. It's at some point, if you rebuke so persistently and so aggressively, even though you say, hey, I'm doing what the Torah is telling me to do, it told me to rebuke. But if you do it in such a way that you now make the other person embarrassed, you're the sinner. You become, you bear the sin. I've been guilty of that so many as we all have, right? Listen, human nature, society has changed a lot in 2000 years, but human nature, not so much. We're in the middle of this Talmudic page uh, in Masechet Arachin, that's trying to make sense of each section of the, um, of the verse in Parshat Kedoshim that says you're not supposed to uh, hate your brother in your heart, and you shall rebuke that person, and you should not bear sin as a result of that person, okay? Um, so we got to the second source on the, uh, the second paragraph on the second page. And that's where we'll pick up. Uh, uh, Tanya, we have a bright that we have a, another uh, piece of material from the rabbinic, the Tanaitic era. Amar Rabbi Tarfon, this is the one that Herb was saying before. Tamani ani, it's hard for me to believe. The root tama, taf memhe means to wonder, but it's sort of like an incredulous wondering. It's hard for me to believe, I'd be surprised, if there's anyone in the entire generation that receives rebuke. I don't think he's saying there's no one who actually hears it. I think he's saying there's no one who is able to receive it, right? Remember I began, for those who were here, that even people who say about themselves that they're comfortable about learning about the things they're doing wrong and they want to constantly be on a growth pattern, it's very hard to receive tochacha. Im amarlo. Why would it be hard for someone to receive rebuke? Because if someone said to that person, Marlo, tol kesam mi bain enecha, tol, same root as nitilat yadayim, 
the word netila does not actually mean to wash. It means the taking of the hands. It's the taking, it's the drawing of the hands out of the water. In, uh, in Hebrew grammar, uh, if a root begins with a nun, sometimes the nun falls out in certain forms. So tol is the same as natal. Take out or remove the kesam. It's translated here sometimes as a splinter. It's the modern Hebrew word for a toothpick. Uh, you also might know it from an old Israeli camp song. And one of the word kesam? Aruach no shevet krira, no sif od kesam lamdura, a stick, like some kindling onto the, onto the, uh, onto the bonfire. So if someone says to you, take a, take that splinter from b between your eyes, Amarlo, the person would say back to him, tol kore mi necha, you take out the beam between your eyes. Sandra, you're laughing because you're getting the joke, but what, what do you think is being said here? What, why does this make rebuke impossible? They throw it back, and what's the difference between a splinter and a beam? Right, you're you're critiquing me that I missed Tzibkatcha, right? You don't even know it was Yom Kippur, right? It, 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 it's that kind of thing, right? And if you look at Rashi down the second source, um, on, the, on the phrase Kesam, splinter. Well, either because it makes you defensive, or it might be legitimate that the person rebuking you what? Is more sinful than you, right? So it, it's it both that it awakens. If if someone is attacked, you're going to attack back, and you know don't throw what's it? Don't throw stones in glass houses, right? Look at Rashi says on on that word on kesam kolomar, as if to say this is the source number four. Avon katam Someone says, you know, I just want to critique one tiny, small, little miniature, almost indescribably small sin that's in your hands. This one's going to say back to him, I will take care of my small sin after you have worked on all of your big sins. Which one of us would not put ourselves in the category of the second person? We always feel that we're going to be more righteous than the person who's possibly rebuking us. Hilkach, Rashi says something so interesting. He's basically saying, it is impossible to do what the Torah commands us to do. It's impossible for there to be a system of rebuke because everyone sins. So on one hand, since everyone sins, you would think, well, that everyone should be subject to rebuke. But because everyone is sinning, I'm aware that the person rebuking me is liable to rebuke. And so the whole system breaks down because, if, because bigger than the splinter is the beam and bigger than the beam is something else. So Rabbi Tarfon says, this is really a beautiful verse. It's impossible to live by. Yeah. One of the fascinating things about this passage are the words "vidor hazeh." Mm. So he's saying, "I I can't imagine anyone in this day and age mm. being able to give or take rebuke appropriately." And I'm asking myself, "Is he being um, humble?" Like is is he saying previous generations learned, but we we can't? And how is it that he's a time traveling rabbi? Because I would say that about our generation, yeah, too. I hadn't focused on the door hazeh. The first time I was reading it, it was it. it um, I was reading it as a colloquialism, as if like 
you know, I can't imagine anyone in this generation as a way of actually saying anyone in any generation, but it's interesting to linger on that possibility that he's saying, woe to us, that the Torah actually gave us instruction that we should be able to live by, but look around. It, it's impossible to do it in this generation because everyone is both sinning and thinking that everyone else is sinning more than them. But there might be a society in which this were possible. That's the only interesting, Sean. Um, keep, um, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah turns it around a bit. Next phrase. Uh, Amar Rabbi Elazar, but this is the next phrase in the previous paragraph, the second paragraph, second page. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah says, you're, you're surprised that nobody can take rebuke? Tamahani or tameni ani imyesh bedor hazeh I'm surprised that anyone is able to give rebuke. What does it mean by that? Look at Rashi, because that can mean several different things. Does it mean that can't get the words out? Does it mean doesn't feel confident doing so? Source number five, sheyodeh lehochiach, that knows how to rebuke, derach kavod. I don't know anyone, you're blaming the person who can't receive the rebuke. I blame the rebuker. I don't know a single person who knows, according to Rashi, how to give rebuke respectfully, without viciousness, without um, contempt. The couples therapist, John Gottman, talks about all different types of relationships and all types of different types of marriages that can be successful. There are lots of different types, but there are certain um, aspects in a relationship that if it becomes present, it becomes corrosive. And he says, one of them is contempt. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to rebuke your partner. If it goes into contempt, game over. Right? Contempt is very hard to heal from in a marriage, in a friendship, and in any relationship, right? So if you're giving rebuke in such a way that the person is hearing from you, not an, a, a Torah desire to make your life more holy, but a holier-than-thou desire that comes off as contempt, it's not your fault for not receiving it, Rabbi Elazar ben Azari says. It's their fault for not giving it in the right way. Shalom yu panav mishtanin. If you cannot critique without the person's face changing as a result of the critique, you're doing something wrong, not them, right? Uh, Steinsaltz, modern um, uh, Israeli scholar, uh, says it slightly differently. This is verse number six. On the phrase, um, um, what does it mean that I don't know anyone who knows how to rebuke? Kara'ui, appropriately. Rashi says, appropriate, uh, with honor or respect. Steinsaltz tells appropriately, below halbanat panim, without the whitening of the face, that's a phrase for embarrassment, udvarav mitkablim. What is the proof that you've given rebuke successfully? Right, and, and that the person took it. As someone who's respectfully rebuked many times, I say I appreciate what you've told me. So if, right. So, right, so if someone can say back to you without crying or being embarrassed, I'm grateful for that rebuke, that's a successful rebuke, yeah. right? Yeah. right? Um, sometimes, by the way, if you're really extra menchy, you try to say that even if the person didn't rebuke you um, respectfully. I do that every day of my rabbinate. <laughs> and we talk about that, like how do you receive feedback that may or may not have been given with kavod in a way that allows the situation to go forward because you actually want to be, you want, you want, you want, you actually want someone to feel like they're comfortable giving you rebuke. I tell, I tell that to our staff and to our interns all the time, act in a way that a person will feel that for them to give you not angry rebuke, but to give you feedback that you're hungry for it because that sets up a healthy relationship of learning and of trust, okay? Last little piece of that Arachin, source seven. 
Amar Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. These are all sages who lived around the same time in the land of Israel. Me'id ani al alei shamayim. I somehow, shamayim aretz. It's, it's a, I call upon the heavens and earth as my witnesses. I mean, there are, there are these phrases throughout um, language in all, in all generations. You know, like, like may, may God be, so words, may God be my witness. Many times Akiva, who as Rabbi Roth would say, was no nachshleper. Rabbi Akiva was, was a significant person. Many times he was, what does luka or laka mean? He was whipped. He was lashed on my account. Why? Shaiti kovelalav, because I critiqued him. I told on him, I tattled. I told Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, your disciple Akiva is not acting the right way. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel brought him into his office. He told him what he was doing wrong. And either he got, he was um, whipped because he violated a, a Torah law that that's the punishment, or this is a way of saying that he was emasculated or not even emasculated. He was, he was taken to task by Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, right? So Rabbi Yochanan ben says, I admit it. A lot of times Rabbi Akiva had to bear the brunt of the rebuke was because I let the master know what was going wrong. And what I experienced, he's saying, and I, and I, and I swear that the, the heavens and the earth are my witnesses, that as a result of that, he loved me more. There was more love between us, not less. He thanked me for alerting me to the things that I was doing wrong, telling my mentor so that my mentor could share the rebuke with me, hopefully bechavod, and he made me love me more, not less. Lekayem mashinamar to um, establish or to fulfill that which it says in the book of Proverbs. Elt al tokiach al tokiach latz peini sanacha behocheach lachachem v'yehavacha. Do not rebuke a scorner because they're not going to take it. Rebuke a wise person, and he will love you. Right? So if you try to fulfill this mitzvah, if either side of the, of the equation on this mitzvah is, not in a, is in a category of scorner, then it's going to be a scornful rebuke, the person won't hear it, or the person's not willing to hear, hear even good rebuke. But a wise person wants it, is hungry for it. A wise person reads Parshat, Parshat Kedoshim and says, God wants my fellow to tell me when I'm doing something wrong. Thank you, and I mean it. Not a cynical thank you. Which leads me, I started this sheet by saying I wanted to look at two verses. We only looked at one verse. The next verse, after this one that says, don't love your, sorry, don't hate your, your brother in your heart, but rather rebuke him. The next verse is a very famous verse. In fact, it's a verse that Akiva, whom we spoke about before, said was Klal Gadol Torah, a great principle in the Torah. We normally quote the second half of the verse. The whole verse is interesting. Lotikom, don't take vengeance. That's the root, Nikama, the nun is gone. Lotitor, don't bear a grudge at B'nai Amecha upon the, 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 the people of your community. Why? Love your fellow like you love yourself. And then an interesting punctuation, Ani Adonai. One of the ways in which I continue to be God in the world is by you having relationships with others where you're open to rebuke and open to give them a rebuke. You do it, you don't bear a grudge. You don't bear the person's sin either by not telling something they were doing something wrong or doing it so harshly that they embarrass themselves. And that you, if you, if you want, if you love yourself enough to try to improve yourself, you should love your neighbor enough to have them be improved. And if you love yourself enough so as not want to embarrass yourself, then don't ever do that to a neighbor. There is a sort of platonic way in which this can happen. 
right? It's so rare. But the Torah is an aspirational document. The Torah is something for us to try to achieve, no matter how hard it is, because it is hard. And in that way, we all rise together. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.